How did all these troubles get on the bridge? I don't know, sir. They do seem to be all over the ship. I'm forced to agree with the doctor. I've been running computations on their rate of reproduction. The figures are taking an alarming direction. They're consuming our supplies and returning nothing. Oh, but they do give us something, Mr. Spock. They give us love. Well, Cyrano Jones says that a triple is the only love that money can buy. Yo, 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 what's up everybody? Welcome to the beautiful studios of 900AMWURD, 900AMWURD.com. It is your, your Black Troubles, Black Bullet, Squared. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, and as always, I am joined in studio by... I ain't going to jail yet. It's your boy, Jay Rich, the Spider Triple. Your man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple, Emac. Olay! The Super Triple and the Storm Triple are both taking the evening off, ladies and gentlemen, for some uh, well-deserved R&R. But we are here in full tribbleness to break down the top ten women of Star Trek. Continuing our top 10 summer of 2014. We want to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook at Tribble Nation. Follow us on Twitter at Black Tribbles. As well as call in live at 215-634-8065. If you're not so local, 866-361-0900. Now, for those who know uh, Storm Tribble, even though her name is Storm Tribble, Kennedy is first and foremost a trekker. A hardcore trekker. So even though she could not be here this evening, she made sure... A matter of fact, she um, bludgeoned me upside the head with her email to let me to give me uh, her Bludgeon. list, <laughs> give me her list of um, her top 10 women uh, in Star Trek. Now, I know y'all broke down like the many ways I love Star Wars on Thursday when I couldn't be here. Um, but when I'm wondering, Jay, as much love as you did have for Star Wars. Do you have equal love for Star Trek or have you? I wouldn't say equal for Star Trek. I mean, it, it's here and there. It depends on what what iteration where, of what Trek? version of Star Trek we're talking about. You know what right. I mean? Like I do like the two newer movies. I do like, you know, uh Next Generation. Mm. I I did like classic. You know, there's certain but there's certain little things about each one that I was just like, mm. Yeah. Bitterness. Yeah. What about you, uh, E? Now, you're our resident Star Wars uh, hardcore lover. Yes, yes, quite. So what are your feelings about Star Trek itself? I'm not as hardcore of a Trekker. Um, I've watched a lot of Trek. There wasn't much else on, like, Sunday afternoons. Um, so I have um, my fair share of experience with The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. Not a big fan you know, it was it was better than nothing. Um, so that, that's basically your take on it. It beats nothing. 
Right. Yeah, I guess you might as well say that. <laughs> okay. Um, now, later, I did watch uh, Deep Space Nine, which had, like, a whole different feel from The Next Generation. Yes, it did. Um, I didn't watch, like, every episode back-to-back, but I saw a good share of those, as well as Voyager. Um, I didn't watch Enterprise as much, I, mm-hmm. but I did try to, you know, give a couple episodes a watch. But, um... But I think Voyager is probably my favorite out of all of them. Really? I'm surprised you didn't say Deep Space Nine. Why do you think Voyager? Um, I think Deep Space Nine was like was too political heavy for me. Okay. Um, I think I was maybe in like high school, so all I right. wasn't really into politics and that whole thing. Um, I did recognize Trek for you know how they did shine light on contemporary issues and that kind of a thing. So I was a, a parent with that. But the war I was kind of with. But then the politics all before that, you know, I wasn't into. I feel you. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's. Um, and, of course, Cisco. Like, I, I, w- I was definitely a Cisco fan. I'm like, a black man got a command? All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could watch that a little bit. That's right. He was so the definitely, Yes. He was the emissary. He was that man. Uh, so, so let's get down. Let's get into our list. Um, I'll start off and I'll start off with Kennedy's list because – even though she says they're they are in no particular order, I have a funny feeling uh this is her number one. And that would be uh Lieutenant Yuhura Yuhuru Michelle Yuhura. Nichols. Yeah, it it's Yuhura, right? Correct. All right, Yuhura. From uh the original series. Uh Kennedy gives her reason like this one really needs an explanation. Well, it would have been nice if we had your explanation, but she didn't give it to us. But um, well, I think it's just because she is that prevalent character from the original series. Yeah. Um, the first Cisco, as it were, you know, sort of, kind of. Yeah. Um, her presence alone there on the bridge as you know communications officer was so monumental in the face of the late '60s world in which it was birthed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it just felt good seeing one of us up there. Yeah, and she was a a, a a a fine piece of representation of of blackness on the screen. They could have done worse. Yes, she was she was quite a beauty. Um, held her own, uh, and when you think about it, they were actually looking back on the original series. There were actually some episodes when she wasn't even there. It was somebody else, you know, manning manning the communications off, um, com, but. It just didn't feel right. It's like, yo, where, where's, where's your horror? Right? Who's this person? Off or something? Yeah, no, that ain't even right. So, and and it was nice to see that when they um, did go to the movies, that they built up her role a little bit and um, made her a little bit, you know, gave her the prominence that she deserved. Of course, there's always, you know, everybody talks about that well, um, well-told story of when she was thinking about quitting the show. And actually, it was Martin Luther King, I believe, that said to her, like, no, you need to stay on the show because we need we need to see someone out there to know that that, yes, in the future, in space, we will be represented and we won't just be represented as like a security officer or anything like that. No, a red shirt. Yeah, exactly. We will not be be a red shirt. We will not go quietly down to the vacant moon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, or just work in the kitchen. Right. How about that? So, uh, so Michelle Nichols, um, I would imagine she's probably on everybody's list. So we'll give that one that, but that she was number one on Kennedy's list. And that's, that's where she needs to be. Uh, I'll kick off next. And I will say uh, nurse chapel who was played by uh, major Barrett, who was, 
Mrs. Roddenberry, Mrs. Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. Uh, nurse Chapel was basically on the original series. She was the head nurse to McCoy. She was a blonde. She sometimes she had a hardcore crush on Spock. She wanted herself some Spock and Spock just didn't didn't uh he you know he was i don't, I don't feel emotions see know? that's because she ain't didn't catch him around palm far town you know what i mean yeah that's right he, she didn't catch him around palm far that's true what are you about to say jack she wasn't black <laughs> that could have something, <laughs> that, that could have something to do with it <laughs> I too mean, yeah because you know intergalactic that wasn't you know apparently wasn't spock's flavor yeah that could have that could have a reason for it. But also Nurse Chapel and Major Barrett would then live on in Star Trek and then in Star Trek history and throughout all of the shows because she was the voice of the computer on all uh-huh. of the shows. Um even on the original series and then on Enterprise, um the computer on on Deep Space Nine, on Voyager, uh she was her voice was the voice that told you what was going on uh, on the ship. And so because of that, she probably, if Yohora is, is, is the number one woman of Star Trek history, Major Barrett is. Yeah. She, the computer would definitely be number two. Yeah. She's like, she's got, she's maybe one B like Yohora is probably one A and one B. Cause she's just that badass. True. But then uh, Major Barrett is one is one C right there. Yeah, she she's a solid force, uh, something that's recognizable, that's, you know, reached out. I guess the 1C aspect of, of her is the fact that she's been in, represented in some way, shape, or form in pretty much in all the, you know, all yeah, of the... every iteration of... Of it. track, yeah. Right. What you got, Jay? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the, the young, nerdy fanboy, immediate, um, 7 of 9... <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my first. Time. Yo, <laughs> right? Like, first. yo, seven to nine was bad. Yo, and, wow. and her character had such depth and breadth. You know, as she became sure. human, she <laughs> got in touch <laughs> with her humanity sure. deep down inside of herself. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so seven to nine is yeah. She's um seven of nine. Wish, I wish I remember her real name. Uh, seven of nine is, from uh, uh, Voyager. Ryan? Yeah, yes, Jerry, Jerry Ryan. Ryan. Yes. That is her. Yes. Actually, she made a new Total appearance, bit. like, came out of the woodwork to do that web series of, uh, that new web series of Mortal Kombat. She had, uh, for a moment, she played, uh, Sonya Blade. <laughs> I was like, I oh, okay. That. Why not? Right? I thought she died, though. Real talk. Like, I haven't seen her. When she, uh, joined on Voyager, she started a trend on Star on Star Trek where after that almost every iteration of Star Trek had to have like the hot woman yeah cause like there wasn't many like there were a lot of beautiful women in this series yes but there this one like I don't I don't think they even were expecting like so oh. many teenage boys to be like hello how, how weren't they expecting did you see how she was dressing in their bodysuit yeah. every, every episode. episode yes you couldn't wait they knew what they were doing <laughs> They knew exactly what it like, you know, mm, the ratings are, mm. For some reason, the ratings are spiking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea why. That's Let's right. just be grateful. But it was cool because, like, she was kind of like, I don't know, like, her, her story was kind of cool. She was an interesting character, but, yes. I mean, 
the main thing everybody was really wrapped up on was how fine she looked in that suit because that was the tightest suit. <laughs> that was the <laughs> tightest <laughs> suit on earth. That was like they had to space. get an extra medium made specifically. Yeah, it was like a medium, like, you know, slim medium. It was ridiculous, and then that created a whole bunch of cosplayers too. Like unfortunately, because the the, um, yeah. now, they don't look the same in the no, body suit. No, that no, they're not. They're they're more like twelve of twenty. <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. That's, that's funny. That's terrible. That was really funny. But that is the reality, sir. That is the reality. Twelve of twenty. What you got, uh, E? Okay, so um, I have to like say what I what's already been said because I didn't have ten to begin with, but I did have a horror first. Okay, uh, so she definitely gets um all praises be to her, and then um I was gonna go with seven of nine next. Okay. So after seven to nine, I think I am going to. I didn't go with the one I know that's going to be on Kennedy's list, or one that's going to be further down on Kennedy's list. Um, probably Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy. TNG. Wow. Ship's counselor. I liked her because she was Picard's little like I don't want to say spy, but she was always you know just reading people for him, just letting mm-hmm. know what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. He's definitely hiding something, Captain. He just a little ace in the hole, you know what I yeah, mean? His, little, his yeah. little fly on the wall. So um, I'm in favor of those little advantages. So give it up for the spy. Yes, Deanna. And I like the little accent. You know, she wasn't bad to look at. No, she wasn't bad. You know, she walked around like, little not. flirtations going back and forth and such. And she was a, she was a little... another one in the bodysuit. Yeah, she had a don't get it twisted. She had kind of okay body, most definitely. She was a little bit of a minx, man, because she she had a thing going on with Riker. You know, through, that was the main thing. They were know? always, the always flirting. But then at one time, for like a couple of seasons, her and Worf were going at it. They were actually about to get married. I don't even remember. Yeah, that. man. Her and Worf was about to go at it. Matter of fact, um, I think when the show went off the air, she was dating Worf at that time. I wonder if they kept in costume. <laughs> What do you mean if they kept, not the actor, Michael Dorn, she was dating Worf on the show. Oh, oh. I, usually, you know what that means. They usually date, uh, you know, people who act together usually end up, you know, dating. It doesn't always happen like that, Jack. All right, well, fine then. Okay. Maybe, only, just, maybe in your fantasies it always happens like that, but it doesn't happen like that all the time. I'm sorry. Yeah, now, Deanna yeah. Troy is not on Kennedy's list. Okay, cool. However... Luxwana Troy, Deanna's mother, now is I on thought, Kennedy's list. I did think about having Luxana on there or, you know, in addition to having uh, Deanna on there. I, I went with Deanna. Luxana, I don't think I would have had too many positive things to say about. Not that really? I dislike the character or anything, but just if I were to introduce her to somebody else or describe her to someone else, I would probably say, like, she's um probably a little bit loud, a little abrasive. She's True. overbearing. Um, she's kind of rude, self-entitled and, you know, just kind of just, just self-centered, you know? So I didn't think like, why would I put her on the list for all negative reasons? So I'm hoping Kennedy has (laughs) positives. I don't know. Well, she says that Luxwana, she found her to be a breath of fresh air in a world of stodgy diplomacy. That's true. 
But Trek is stodgy diplomacy. That's what you tuned in for. Remember? Intergalactic C-SPAN? Well, but that's neither here nor there. Well, that's why you did But I did like the fact she used to, you know, just hit on Picard and make him uncomfortable. She used to make him uncomfortable, and then she turned up on uh, DS9 and was hitting on Odo, made him uncomfortable big time. Yeah. Um... She was no, she was no joke. I she came close to being on my list. I did like uh, Luxwana. She was, um, she was abrasive, but you kind of felt for her a little bit. She had that that Frankenstein looking uh, right hand man, yeah, her boy or something, yeah, yeah, whatever he was. Um, so, so you know, I I, I ride for Luxwana. Um, my next character is Kamala. Now she she was only on one episode. But she was famously paid, uh, played by Famke Johnson, who went on to be mm, um, mm, mm. who went on to be uh, Jean, Jean Grey, Grey in the X Men. Now, in this episode of the Next Generation, she plays this uh, woman who is being delivered by the Enterprise to some ambassador or something, and as she's going to marry him, right? But um, their marriage is more for diplomatic reasons, okay? It's an arranged marriage. Exactly. But she, uh, her species is such in that when she, she gives off, like, like uber amounts of pheromones, like, you cannot help but be turned on by this woman. First of all, you can't help but be turned on by Fonka Johnson because she is just a True. beautiful woman. But she just gives off these these pheromones so much so that when she's being shipped there, she's being, she's literally shipped in like this casing or like this seed so that her pheromones can't get out. Well, of course it, it cracks, get out. it cracks and she then get, Kirk showed up in the shuttle. Well, trying to Kirk. take over the enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kirk probably Let would. me in. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Let me, hear, right? let me hear Picard. <laughs> <laughs> let me hear Picard. Oh, my chest. Oh, my bloody <laughs> chest. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so what happens is that she's going around on the ship and all of a sudden, like, Worf is getting, like, extra, extra, like, you know, uh, Klingon and she's like it's, it's, it's Tifa he's just bearing the teeth every place and him and Riker are stabbing each other because they just like you know feeling all this man oh, yeah. rage you know for her but she also has this thing in that she when she does meet somebody that she wants she can literally like imprint him onto her body so that she can then become the perfect mate for that person well she falls in love with Picard even though Picard is trying hard not to, you know, he's he's trying to do the right thing. She falls for Picard and literally like imprints herself, imprints Picard onto herself. Even though she's going to go forward with the marriage, she's only going through forward with the marriage because she knows that if she was Picard, that's what he would do because that's duty first. But she's telling him that I'm letting you know I'm going to be with him, but it. Me I'll and you. always love you. I will always love you. I don't know, man. That one episode just... I, I, I guess you, you dream of having a chick like that, man. Like a woman that will just imprint your DNA onto her DNA and just make herself be what you want. It's just... It sounds good, yeah. It sounds real good, right? It's go like the that. best cookout ever. I'll take two. 
Can I have a side of biscuits? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Can I have Kamala and biscuits and some and some honey and, and and jelly? I'll be good. Yeah, that's all I need. For real. You know what I mean? That and a Corona. Honestly, the whole, the whole and a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> corona will go right with this. You know what I mean? So uh, there you go. Kamala. Famke Johnson. Okay. Oh. Jay. Just Famke Johnson in general. But um, Beverly Crusher. Okay. Nice one. I, I liked her because... Plain and simple, it was cool seeing, like, that in in the future, you know, you had all, like, she was, like, I don't know, it was cool seeing, like, a female doctor, like, kind of, like, taking charge, and, like, there was a lot of episodes where she, like, took hold of things, like, mm-hmm. things was going down, she was like, nah, nah, I got this. Couldn't stand Wesley. Oof. You didn't like Wesley? Oh, Nobody God. liked Wesley. I wanted to punch him, boy. Never wanted to punch a human being so many times. Well, he wasn't really messing up that bad. He was just in the way. No, no, he wasn't. Wesley was He right. was, and then he went to Starfleet and became a productive member of the crew. He was a bull. But Beverly Crusher was, was Beverly, cool, man. Yeah, she was cool. She was uh, like, she wasn't like, what I liked is that she wasn't like sexualized. You know, they, they mm-hmm. actually respected the role of the character. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it wasn't like she was in like, I'm gonna be a doctor and be like and and be half naked or you you, you know what yeah. I mean. She was always like classy. I, I always was I always dug that about her. Like she was kind of like I I kick it with her. Like I think that was only because Wesley was on board. If he wasn't there, it probably would. She she like turned down for what? Well, <laughs> after, well, after Wesley left, you saw more more episodes uh, where the, the show was start. Show was starting. Her and Picard would be having like breakfast together. You know, it. it, it didn't... Oh, she's allowed to do what she got to do. Like... No, but I'm just saying. No, no, but it implies it, that it, it's, it's breakfast. Subtly after. implies, even though they were dressed. It subtly implies. Oh no, like... no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, she's grown. Yeah, you know, and the kids out. Like the kids out the house. Like you know, <laughs> she allowed to do what she want with a, with a grown man. Yeah. So uh, that's a good one. I, and I, she I, was just really classy. I, I really like respected her. She was, and she was a good looking woman. Yeah, but very, very nice, lovely woman, Beverly uh, McFadden. That very was the actress pleasant. name. Very pleasant. What you got, E? I am going to go with uh, not to take anything away from working in the kitchen, Guinan. Ah, yes, the bartender. Yes, what's a bartender? What's not to love? <laughs> Fill her up. <laughs> Baby drinks. Done. You know, she listens. She's a counselor. She got those good forms of advice. You know, because, you know, a ship's counselor is great. You know, you need one of those. I'm stressed. I'm having some dreams. I can't sleep. Whatever. Sometimes you just want to talk to your bartender. Sometimes that's all you need. Yes. Yeah, but she didn't. But she... 20 minutes and 10 forward in a conversation with Guinan to do you better than an hour on the couch with Troy. And I mean that. <laughs> do you? So yeah, Guinan. She she's she's on. Like, hey, Whoopi. Why not? There you go. Guinan, an incredibly necessary voice of an incredibly necessary voice of reason. That's what uh, how Kennedy puts Guinan on her list. Uh, that w- she was definitely number three on the list. And uh, Kennedy, a lifelong devotee of everything Whoopi Goldberg. So I can imagine that she would be high on her list. Uh, the next one on her list, though, um, after Guinan, is Lieutenant Jadzia Dax from. Deep Space Nine, a prestigious science officer, and she bagged Worf, which she did. Yes, she did. Uh, Dax was Dax was that chick. I liked 
Dax, um, she she had the trill symbiote inside her that had lived on for like about hundreds and hundreds of years. So I thought it was kind of cool that she was this young woman that her trill in a previous life was a great friend of Cisco. So her and Cisco had a friendship as well because she had all of the the memories of that of of the um, the symbiote inside her. But she also at one time years and years ago the symbiote was a Klingon. So she was steeped in Klingon culture. So she was when Worf came aboard Deep Space Nine, she could ride with him. She could basically ride with with everybody, man. Dax was she she was no joke. And that's another chick that like you said uh Jay, she wasn't sexualized right. at, at all. She was just a, a on point science officer, respected for her knowledge, respected for her intelligence, respected for her her battle preparedness. She could she could bang bang it out with with anybody. Um, and then she uh, was allowed to be a little sexy, sexy once uh, Worf came on because they uh, she became a love interest for him, for him. So that was cool. Yes, I, definitely. Dax was on my list as well. Yeah, yeah. D Space Nine, the best Star Trek ever. Done. Okay. Yeah, I remember one episode. She might have been talking to Worf, or somebody was just asking her questions. I think it was somebody that was trying to holler. And they was like, so how how far down do those spots go? And she was like, oh, the way. Yeah, I kind of remember that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I want to see. That kind of made me interested. I was like, well, all right. Amen. I will count those spots. All right, Jay, I'll see your seven of nine. Don't say it. And I will I give you to Paul. Dang, I was gonna. That was my next one. Enterprise. Yeah, uh, she caught my attention first episode. First, first episode. episode. Like I said, I was, Seven of Nine has set. She set the barometer. So every iteration after that, you've got to have a a fly smoking. chick. Not not smoking. even just regular. Like not even like she has to be like a smoking, smoking. Like, like model worthy chick in tightness and. And she wasn't even in tightness. The, there was the opening, I guess, introduction of her was her using the gel. I remember seeing this. I was like, this is Star Trek. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah, I was putting... like, this is like soft core. <laughs> like, yeah, because you had to, um, when you came from, from another planet or something like that, you know, you basically had to detox yourself. And, you know, so they had this gel that you would just rub over your body. Yeah. They found every reason in the world to get this woman out of her clothes on Yo, Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. But she just came from another planet. We got the, uh, she, well, she, she was a Vulcan. She was a Vulcan. She was the one alien on there. So, and they literally put her in the tiniest t-shirt, the tiniest, thinnest t-shirt they could find in the galaxy. I think the t-shirt came to her first rib. That's about as low as that t-shirt went, man. Yeah, and then they covered her in gel. Like, I was just like, what? Gel and sweat. Yeah. I was just like, I was okay. like, I was like, wait, is she even wearing a, she not wearing a, bra- what is the, what is Star Trek doing? Honey, where's the lotion? <laughs> Pass me the jurgens. <laughs> Business must be attended to. Yet, she was still on point. She still held her own. I'm one of the few out there that enjoyed Enterprise for all its ups and downs, for all its faults. I still enjoyed the show. I enjoyed what uh, her storyline and her and, and the guy Trip. They had like a little on again, off again uh, romance. Yeah. Um, uh, I I, th- I thought that 
even with her, that show was lacking. Yeah, it, it ultimately it proved like there was a, fail. a point. It was it was a point where like people were just tuning in just to see if pretty she much was, just to see her. Yeah. Yes, yes, she could not have a day off. She, right, right. <laughs> she was like, I'm, I'm feeling under, under the weather. Well, you better drink this ginger tea and get in front of that camera. <laughs> oh, that's no, no, we'll just put you in bed. In your yeah, exactly. You'll be you just be in bed. You'll, You'll just be, be in bed. bed. Well, there's no blanket on the bed. Oh, really? Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll make a phone call about that for you. <laughs> just lay down for now. Yeah, so uh, Jolene Blaylock as to Paul on Enterprise. Yes. Next on my list. What you got, Jay? Yeah, I mean, you kind of you that's all you kind of didn't kind of be busting me up there, but uh, only for the iconic reason is the Orion Slave Girl, because <laughs> like it's now a pop culture thing. You know what I mean? Wait, who when? <laughs> <laughs> Just. Many of Kirk's famous conquests. Yeah, yeah it was this slave chick that, um, what, she get green? She was green. Yeah, she, she was, was green. green. She was the one that pretty much said it all. It said it all that, that he always bangs a green, a green chick. Okay. And, like, she was dancing. I think she had, like, the finger, like, tambourine. She's dancing. Yeah, she was, like, belly dancing or yeah, whatever. Yeah, she's, like, belly dancing. She's a good-looking woman, sexy woman. Right, right. Um, but it set the culture. It set. It, it, it set. The standard, the, the standard of Kirk's exploits with green women, just green, just green, because they even <laughs> brought it back in the new, in the new one, in the he, new one, he, he was in bed with a green girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like every new iteration, Kirk's got to be with a green chick because of this. She is the, she was the original green, green chick. chick. Nice. No, nobody knows her name. I mean, she was so she iconic that, like, the last season of the show, when, like, the show would go off, they would show, like, clips of, like, it would just be stills from other shows. And I think, like, the the next to the last clip was just her face. That's how iconic she was. I don't think she didn't have a name. She was a slave girl green. You know what I mean? She was just done. That's her name. Who's her? Done. All right. So that's uh, the, the slave girl. Yeah. You know, Kirk's green girls. Yeah. We're really missing Kennedy tonight. Go, go ahead. <laughs> e. What's next? Um, I have Major Kira. Oh, Kira Narese. She was yes. definitely on my list. Yes. Yes. Kira was definitely a little firecracker. Yes, she was. Um, Deep Space Nine. She was. Was she like security officer? She was. A, well, she was major. Uh, she was a head of security. On Deep Space Nine, um, and then she, later she was like a something to the Bajorans. Well, she was she was Bajoran, so she was the Bajoran. Um, she dignitary, well, more or less like represented them with uh, on Deep Space Nine. Okay, you know, so like they, she, she was like their their representative in the in the command structure. Okay, you know, um, but because she had fought in the wars against the Cardassians and earned the rank of major. So that's what she was major. Kara Norris. Yes. She was no, she was no joke at all. I like no punchline. She was no, and she was, uh, she's like a little female war or something. Like you just did not want to mess with her a little bit, a little bit. She was, um, she, she definitely would get, go toe to toe with, um, Cisco every now and then when need be. um, uh, Nana, uh, Nana Visitor is the actress that played uh, Kira. She was, um, 
who was at one time married to the doctor on Deep Space Nine, Alexander Siedig or uh, or L. Siedig, as his actual name is. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, Kira actually did make Kennedy's list as well. So she made my list and Kennedy's. I think she made Kennedy. Kennedy's. No, she didn't. She didn't make Kennedy's list. Uh, next on Kennedy's list, and this is someone that we share, is the mother of Quark and Rom from Deep Space Nine, Moogie, an accomplished businesswoman who challenged her society's archaic stance on women's roles and married the Grand Nagus. Uh, she was played um, by a couple of actresses, but most famously by Andrea Kramer of Second City TV fame. Um, women, Ferengi women, famously... Uh, wore no clothes. Yeah, they were supposed to be naked at all times, and they and Moogie just said no. And so they basically were supposed to be naked and at home taking care of home. That's all. That's Pretty all much. they were supposed to do. Yet she said no. To handle business. I'm going to wear clothes, and she had a good head of, for business. So so much so that she won the heart of the Grand Nagus, who was like the head of everything Ferengi, and basically was making subtle changes in their whole um, political and financial doctrine on the low uh, because she was that voice in his, in his ear. Um, and, you know, anytime there was a Ferengi episode, it was just always off the, off the wall, funny and crazy and insane. And uh, Moogie, she was, uh, she was staring it up and she would always like cork, and and his brother Ram, Moogie would come in, and they'd get embarrassed, like they couldn't let go of their mom. It's like, Mom, we can't look at you in all those clothes. Take off your clothes, Mom. They weren't used to seeing Ferengi women. Yeah, but did that make you feel better about your mom? Because it, no, it, in their in their culture, their mom's supposed to be naked. They've been seeing their mom naked. They were used to it. It was different. Yeah, I mean, I ain't complaining. You know, I think they got something right. But uh, I don't know if I still feel the same about my. She was definitely on my list as well. So that's a good one. I will steal another one from Kennedy's Lift. Kate Mulgrew as Captain Janeway from Voyager. Definitely on the list. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe. maybe. I mean, that's a given. That's a, it's a given. But maybe, okay, Picard, Kirk, you know, total total bomb total badass but maybe Janeway was the best captain of them of them all because Janeway was the only captain that would go on to make Admiral and then go to jail she didn't go to jail oh that's a different show sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think she got court go to, go to jail for selling bad, selling drugs in, in her uh, Admiral Deli yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of it, Admiral <laughs> Deli. <laughs> it's a different show. Stupid. It's stupid. So yeah, Captain Janeway definitely on both mine and Kennedy's list. What you got, Jack? Um, the Borg Queen. Ooh, stealing another one from Kennedy's list. Yes, she's good. She was awesome. Like just scary. <laughs> like, it was like like just on look alone was was cool because the designs for a board were, were really cool um reminded me a lot of like geiger-esque 
mixed with like I don't know something just really just dark and like mm-hmm. but then when I, I I remember I I remember when I first saw it and I was like I, that's why I was looking up I was like I remember it being really frightening at one point they took her apart or something like that yeah no they, I think they she show, like they, they she show, has her organic part and they just like put that but, into yeah. her yeah. carriage yeah yeah that is what happened and it was just like her just kind her of chest things. her spine and they had, I've I found a picture of it and it's 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 graphic. <laughs> like, like yeah, that's just, that's all that was human to her. Yeah, and then the rest of her was Bullock. Yeah, because like they were, you know, she was like the they have it here is that she's the entity that uh that existed within and served as a central nexus for the Borg Collective. Yeah. So like, I don't know. She was just like on screen. It was just really cool. Like, you, you know, what I mean, like for me, I thought the Borg were kind of eh. Like I knew that I know for really? a lot of trekkers you, you, they you, were like really like oh my god the Borg and I'm like eh. but the queen was cool looking it was like wow you look like you should be dating like Pinhead from Hellraiser or something <laughs> like that yeah, almost. <laughs> like, you know that could have worked in a different life but yeah I, I was I really thought just just on looks alone and like obviously she was like a bad chick yes she you, was you know what I mean like she she demanded that respect. The Borg Queen. Must must respect do. Uh she was um I forget which f- film she was from actually. Ne- um Nemesis, for, right? First contact. First contact. First contact, yeah. Go ahead, uh E, what you got? Was there a female Q? I think there was. I wanted to say there was. I remember Q, but then I remember that like once there was a female Q. I want to go with her because uh their race of uh, omnipotent beings, I guess are cool. Um, the way they just, you know, toy with humanity for their own little personal benefit. Um, and they're, they're just, you know, kind of, kind of cool characters. Uh, you know, everything was a little bit nonchalant. We can go anywhere, do anything, let us amuse ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with her, the, the female Q. All right. Yeah, there there was a Q. That yeah, at the Janeway, there's only, like, one more name on my list. I couldn't name any more. There was a Q that was a uh, female on... Uh, Next Generation, uh, played by Susie Plankson, um, who uh, who confounded. Oh, excuse me. Uh, was on uh, Voyager. Excuse me. Um, who confounded uh, Q? I think he, she was going to marry him or something like that. I think that was the story on there. So, so yeah, there was one. All right. Uh, Susie Plankston played that female Q, but she will also play someone on my list, and then I'll get back to Kennedy's. Uh, uh, and I'm I'm going to be saying this name wrong. I'm sorry, Kennedy, because I hear her just in my ear. Uh, Kalar, who was a Worf's mate and the mother to his son Alexander, and she's on my list because she was just she was again badass. She was a Vulcan. She was a good-looking female Vulcan because most of the time when they saw female Vulcans on Deep Space Nine, they wasn't really saying anything. Uh, but she was good-looking. She was tall. She was strong. She was also a diplomat, so it was different to see a, a, a Vulcan. I mean, a, a Klingon as a uh, as a diplomat. I keep saying Vulcan. She's a Klingon. Um, and uh, seeing. And, and she had a touching scene. She was on two episodes, and then one episode she dies, and um, Worf 
after learning that uh, telling Worf about Alexander uh, and that was a real real touching scene Worf having to like just deal with this woman who he had a child with uh, out of wedlock he always wanted to be with but they kind of couldn't be together for whatever reason and then to realize that he even said I, he would never be complete without her and uh, so that was real dope so Kalar um, the mate of Worf would it would be next on my list, and on Kennedy's list, uh, she has. Let me go back here to Kennedy's list. Where is Kennedy's list? Kennedy, Kennedy. Here we go. Next on Kennedy's list is Belana Torres from Voyager, um, who was a, a mix of human and. Klingon constantly battled with and conquered her self-destructive nature and adapted to the adverse environment of the Delta Quadrant, arguably one of the best engineers in Star Trek. She was the uh, lead engineer on Voyager. Um, she was cool. Valana was she was no she was joke. a little pistol. Yes. Yeah, she was a little she was a spitfire on there. So yes, uh, Chakotay definitely had his hands full. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to bring his name. But Chakotay. Uh, she was always like giving him. Now, was she Starfleet or she was my key? No, she was my key. That's what I thought. Yeah. She was my key. She was, and like she was like his right hand man. And like when he was, he said, "Come on, we need to like team up with Janeway." You know, we're we're all stuck out here together. She was like, "Forget that. You must be out of your mind." But she, because she did have Star uh, Fleet training, um, it he needed her to buy in on that. You know, because he knew he knew how beneficial a role that she would prove to be. So, uh, Belana Torres on Kennedy's list. What you got? I mean, uh, Jay. See, that was the thing. That's where that's where I kind of like fell off. You fell off? Yeah, because like as much as I like track, there wasn't a lot of like I thought all the characters as a whole were like they're all right. You know, they were cool. Like I liked certain ones, but like. I think it was just the overall. Really hook the, yeah, it didn't hook me enough for me to invest so much time. Even though I did watch like almost every episode, but I, I still it was just kind of like yeah, like you're just watching it, checking. It yeah, out. yeah, like with like, I was I, like, I, oh I my loved, god, I can't I loved, wait for this episode this week. Yeah, like I got excited for Next Generation. I always was jumping on that when Deep Space Nine came in. That's where I started kind of like falling off because mm. for me it started off kind of slow. It did. It did. So I was just like, eh. And I just came off of, like, you know, Next Generation. And, like, you had all that, you know, memories of all that all mm-hmm. that awesomeness. And I was like, eh, I'll watch something else. Right. And I it popped in here and there, so. D Space Nine, as good as it was, it it wasn't until, like, the third season that it really started cooking. And then after the I didn't fourth feel season, like it, it was blown. When did he shave his head? Because that's when it got, like, season. interesting. Third yeah, it was season. like when he, it was like, all right. Yeah, when it, when it, okay, Mr. Clark. Yeah, when it was Hawk in space, that's when yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 when he turned into Hawk. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. That's right, when cool. it, that's when it started banging. And, got his goatee on and everything. Now, you said you're done, too, right, uh, E, with your list? Um, last name I had was Tashiar. Tasha Yar, go ahead. Yes, so Tasha Yar, because um, that was like the first time I remember seeing like somebody die on the show, or somebody of note anyway. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, oh yeah. like yeah, because she was like that ink or the darkness puddle monster yeah, that got yeah, her. She died in a big. Yeah. Matter of fact, though, that was just on TV the other day, like you know, just like flipping through, mm. and it was like the funeral of Tasha Yar. I was like, oh snap! 
ain't seen this in like 20 years yeah so yeah uh, that that was definitely like one of those first things i remember like oh wow like that's so sad and you know got to see little funeral and the dress uniforms and they send the body out well they didn't have a body but they still launched it too right right um, out of the torpedo bay or whatever and you're right that is kind of cool in a way and different and then in the first season i think that was first season that one of your leads you killed off goes yeah you know what i mean so I definitely wasn't expecting that, and I definitely, you know, just wasn't ready for it, I don't think. And then she would go on to play a part. She became even more, probably a better character by coming back over the Romulan. years. She came back as a Romulan, and then you you saw her on like in like some alternate uh, like time loop thing. And you you saw her uh, like leave the ship, and because she's died in this time, so she goes to another time ship and all this type of stuff. So she became actually a stronger character because of that. So that's a good one. That's a very good one, Tasha Yar. Yeah. Uh, Kennedy, we've pretty much touched everybody on Kennedy's list. Um, there's only two other names on her list that weren't touched. One is uh, Lily from S- Star Trek First oh, Contact. Kid? No, no. Oh, okay. No. Okay, uh, please continue. Lily from First Contact, the movie First Contact, That was she was played by Alfred Woodard. She provided another crucial voice of reason for Picard. What is it with black women sending Picard straight? Ha ha. That's true. Um, Sometimes every brother needs that. She basically was, she basically was her, uh, her, she was like the precursor for Guinan for Picard in that time because it was set back in the 20th century. So um, it would, it might've been pretty interesting if they ever played it forward on one of the future movies to say that this is why Picard, is so drawn to Guinan because he reminds her of Lily, who we met in the 20th century, but you never know. So that that's a, definitely a good one. And then the Doras sisters. These were the ugly Klingons that I were talking, talking about. They are a package deal, a force of nature, the epitome of Klingon beauty and voraciousness. There's nothing beautiful about the Doras sisters. They were all, they were both jacked up, but they did have some mighty, mighty breasts. Um, all they ever wanted was honor and glory mighty for breasts. the house of Doras. <laughs> mighty breasts. <laughs> Mighty. The, the mighty breast. Uh, so the Dora sisters uh, getting love on Kennedy's list. Um, rounding out my list, we touched on pretty much everybody. There's actually only one other person on my list, and that is Lal. That was the daughter of Data. Uh, Data had made an android uh, kind of um, that it was basically just a, a, a an and an android without any type of like image at all because he wanted to give the android the opportunity to choose who he what humanoid uh image it wanted and it chose a female woman so he he then called uh named her lao after the hindu word for beloved um the creation of this this android who more or less was data's child got back to starfleet they wanted to take the android from him to take it back to starfleet to study the android who data had made superior to him the android actually had emotions and was feeling emotions and got anxiety from 
from just the, the the prospect of being torn from her father so soon after birth that these emotions started messing up with his positronic um, uh, net and basically started uh, systems failure and pretty much died. And it was real, real touching just to see Data have to deal with, you know, losing his child and the child saying like, father, you know, you, you can't experience the fear of dying and the fear of losing, of losing, uh, someone cause that I can feel because I'm superior to you. So I will have these feelings for you. And so then the, the child is telling data how it feels to be dying. And Data's just sitting there with his blank stare, trying to comprehend it. Can't truly comprehend it, but you can see him trying to as his child is like dying right in front of him. It is so deep. It's so powerful. It definitely sounds like it. It, 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 It's almost like like, like Data just cries a tear of oil. A teeny, a teeny, a teeny. You're ridiculous. <laughs> no, I think that would have added some depth to Data. Because Data really did, you know, take steps and strive to try to be human. Like, I think, like, just like he had fits of laughter sometimes yeah. just to try it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you would just look at him like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but you have to, like, let him grow and try to experience those things. Like, it was kind of cool, you know what I mean? Even, yeah. like, having a pet, like, just something else to care for, yeah, another spot. living thing as a living thing. Mm-hmm. Like, even that was, like, really intriguing about Data, at least I think. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, so, uh, so and that um, Lau was played by Haley Todd on The Next Generation. So, uh, that is really, that's the 10 on my list. We didn't get a list from uh, Randy. So I don't know what 10 were on his list. Um, but it, that's Star Trek in a, in a nutshell. I mean, and the, the thing is, is that even though you two guys, you know, didn't get but so wrapped up in Star Star Trek, the truth, of the, the truth of the matter is, is that you probably could go on and on and on pulling women from different episodes. Like, no, um, like I'm sure... If, Randy was here. He might have pulled Joan Collins from the very famous uh, original series episode where Kirk goes back in time and saves her life, but saving her life just totally jacks up time. So he has to more or less reset it and let her die. You know, Um, there's plenty of women that you could have pulled from. I mean, like, you know, it was five series and umpteen movies can pull women yeah. all day, you know? Uh, and... I mean, but the, even with the newer movies, they're just iterations on... on already existing going before. characters. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and uh, I think it can be fairly sa- safely said that Star Trek has certainly had more positive and well-rounded examples of women than the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Or even the Clone Wars. I mean, I think if you take all your all any all your Star Wars properties, Clone Wars, the movies, um maybe not so the I I I don't know about the books. I can't speak to the books, but 
the the more popular medium out there. I think they're definitely more strong, stronger women, more well-rounded women in Star Trek than in Star Wars. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, I'm I'm pulling uh, Princess Leia, and then I got nothing. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, because um, yeah, whoever his uh, his Padawan was in the Clone Wars, that was I guess you know a great little female. Oh, they, they, the, the little they, chick. They yeah. threw them in later Tano. into Osaka. Yeah. Um, the Clone Wars series, they fit them in there because there wasn't a lot in the movie, so they started creating. And a lot of them were Jedi. Well, they had to. They had to. Be, that was the only know. way they could fit them in, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, and in the games, they do because you have a lot of like female bounty hunters and stuff like that. Like, yeah. so they they exist, but you Not have so to much go in the movies. Yeah, you have to go outside of. You got to go outside the, the main property, right? Yeah, you know. And to be fair, Star Trek, you know, it was a TV series, so that's going to be. You have so much more to, to work, work with. with. Yeah. You know, you got a larger cast, more. And then, like so many different races that you could touch upon, like the Binars, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, pairs. They worked in pairs, but they didn't have like sexes. Yes, you know. So even that was like. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. With Riker, like, hey, like I'm attracted to you as a person. I like you. But. Uh, yeah, but they're like, I don't get it. And how come some of your species paint their face and nails and stuff, but others don't? Like it was just kind of like, who leads when you guys dance? Whoever's taller, you know, just those <laughs> kinds of interesting correlations yeah. or societies that you get to to see. Or uh, they were on a mercy mission or trying to broker uh, some kind of, like, exchange between these two different planets. And the medicine they needed was really just a drug that the other planet had gotten them dependent yeah, on. Yeah, I was it. like, wow, like, oh, that's just a pharmacy scam. Yeah. Like, it's, it, but it's crazy, you know, and it's, and it's just on a planetary scale. So Trek definitely highlighted those kinds of uh, stories and things of that nature. Which Star Wars really couldn't get into. It was just nah. overall the good, the guys, the bad guys, the Empire, the rebels, you know, and just Space Hulk always bang, bang, shoot him up, bullet gun. <laughs> but yeah, so Trek definitely got to experience you. Kind of like why I like Doctor Who. Because you get to see a lot of different alien species mm-hmm. and people that value different things or people that, hey, we're not fighters. We just um, have our national anthem says, insert name here. Because they're always getting <laughs> conquered by somebody else. Right. So they have, like, arrows to show their invading forces how to get to the capital. Like, they're just nonviolent. We don't fight. We just, who who, who owns us now? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's, you know, some races that are just, uh, like, slave races. And they just live to serve. But they're happy. That's Otherwise, they would just mill around and do nothing. So we really just shine a light on all those different kinds of perspectives of life and existence and how they relate to each other. So I, it's cool. Ladies and gentlemen, the conversation continues on Facebook at Tribble Nation as well as on Twitter at Black Tribbles. You can uh, let us know what you think of our top 10 lists. You can also let us know your top 10 lists. Let us know some of your favorite women of Star Trek. Uh, We also invite you August 24th, which is a Sunday at 7 p.m. The Black Tribbles will be the closing act. That's right. We will be the closing act of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival down at Tattoo Mom. Um, this is a totally free event, 7 p.m., Sunday, August 24th. We want to make this the world largest uh, roll call of the Tribble Nation. So if you are within the sound of my voice, you need to make your way to Philadelphia. And on- if you're not, get there by the 24th. There you go. We're going to have more information on exactly what we're going to be doing on the show. Uh, uh 
information as far as the address and everything, but you can look it up. The Philadelphia Podcast Festival, August 24th at Tattoo Moms here in Philadelphia. The Black Tribbles will be there that Sunday at 7 p.m. All right, don't forget to check us out on Thursday at 9 on G-Town Radio, gtownradio.com, where we will continue to Top 10 Summer of 2014. All the Tribbles will be in the house for that fun evening of tomfoolery for the vacationing storm trouble and the vacationing super trouble and for the master of masters master trouble and for a man called spider trouble this is your bat trouble as always in parting we say hail and frequencies closed captain may the force be with you Bully. long and prosper don't look at me it's the troubles who are breeding we don't get them off the ship. We're going to be hip deep in them. Lieutenant Uhura, how did all these troubles get on the bridge? I don't know, sir. They do seem to be all over the ship. I'm forced to agree with the doctor. I've been running computations on their rate of reproduction. The figures are taking an alarming direction. They're consuming our supplies and returning nothing. Oh, but they do give us something, Mr. Spock. They give us love. Well, Cyrano Jones says that a tribble is the only love that money can buy. 